If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Happy New Year. Did everyone have a good first week of the new year? Well, part of the highlight of the end of last year for me was going to two amazing Madonna shows in Brooklyn. I'm going to be in LA for the whole winter. I'm going to go see Madonna there. You know, Bob the Drag Queen is a huge part of the Madonna show. Bob has done very well for herself. Today, I share this chat that I had with Bob from January 11th, 2021. Three freaking years ago. Seriously, where has the time gone? I am so freaking old. Um, Bob is doing really great. Bob is a huge part of the Madonna show. I figured this was a great chance to revisit this chat with Bob the Drag Queen. Of course, we also talk about Drag Race, reality TV. Somehow the conversation turns to Gigi Hadid and all sorts of other things. But Bob and Madonna, it was a great show. So if anyone likes Madonna, go and check it out. But I digress. Today, I share this chat with the one and only Bob the Drag Queen. Hope you guys had a great New Year's and enjoy. Hey, everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only Bob the Drag Queen. How are you? Such, you? Um, you have such a lovely gay voice. I mean, you know, I, I literally always say this like, those straight acting gay men, I really think they have it more difficult. Cause like, I would hate to have to like, just meet a whole bunch of like new people and come out. Like I just have such a gay voice. Right. I I agree with you. Like every now and then, let me tell you, Bob, like one out of 10,000 people, believe it or not, actually are not sure if I'm gay or not. As crazy as that sounds. That sounds crazy. My grandma would know you're gay. She's been, uh, she's blind, deaf and been dead for 20 years. Seriously, I'm like, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm I'm like okay with that. But thank you for saying I have a gay voice. That might be one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. I mean, I, I have a pretty, I have a pretty gay voice too. Uh, also, I have a particularly uh, homosexual vernacular um, as well. So your vernacular gives it away. Yeah, for sure. Now, where are you? Like, where are you in the world? I'm in West Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, where are you? That's that's what I thought. I'm in New York City. I'm in Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea. Must be nice. Must be nice. Uh, West Hollywood ain't so bad. No, it's not so bad, no. I was just going to say, I'm in the New York City equivalent of West Hollywood. Well, you are in the neighborhood I used to, um, where I got my, my drag chops at in Chelsea, actually. Barracuda. Barracuda and Excess Lounge, uh, which is, uh, like they're like two blocks from each other. Excess is on 22 and Barracuda is on 24. I remember Excess back in the day. R.I.P. Excess. Uh, seriously, that that those were that. Well, that was a good place. I mean, Barracuda still has. So, how's West Hollywood doing these days? I mean, I don't, I'm not outside a lot, so I don't really know what's going on out there. Um, but in this apartment, is it's nice. You know, me and my 
my partner and my roommate, we watched movies. Uh, we, we all work from home. We, we are all um, uh, self-employed. Um, and we, uh, we rotate the living room, although today I've been doing a lot of the living rooming, which I'm very grateful um, to my um, living cohorts for, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to be, it's kind of nice to have a job you can do at home, right? Like, I kind of love it, secretly. It's nice. Um, I mean, right now, it, it is nice. I mean, I, I, I'm living in a pretty small space now for how many people live here. Uh, but outside of the work stuff, and just sometimes I feel guilty about taking up space because Bob the Drag Queen is just a very, she takes up just a lot of space, you know. She takes up, you know, well, it's like, she's got a lot of hair some days, right? I mean, it's the hair, the suitcases, the shoes. It's just, she's a, she's a very, uh, she does a lot that goes into the monster. Do you get into, like, if you're not doing something work-related, like, you don't just have days where you're like, today I'm just going to enter into drag even though I'm staying home all day? I mean, to do what, though? Like, just to sit at home? <laughs> well... I spoke to your, I had a little chat like this with your drag, with your drag daughter, Ms. Cracker. And she tells me like lately she's just getting into drag just because, you know, makes her feel well, good. Well, Cracker is interesting. Cracker will get dressed in Like I remember we would like go out and Cracker would just get dressed up, like fully dressed up, like, like fully dressed up. And we'd be like, girl, we're going to a show. But it wouldn't be like a little glam. It'd be like big hair. I'm like, this is wild. Like go off this thing. <sighs> You're like but having also, that it off. You, it, but also, but if it makes you feel fierce, I mean, and it does make me feel fierce. For me, it's just that it takes a long time and it's uncomfortable. That's what I it really boils down to. It takes a long time and it's uncomfortable. Neither of those things I find overly shocking. I would think it would take a very long time. And I mean, I wouldn't think it'd be the most comfortable, but that's just It's me. not. It, it is actively uncomfortable to be in drag. Now, where are you from originally? I'm from Atlanta. I thought that's what yeah. I thought. And how how was how was Atlanta? Like how was growing up in Atlanta? Yeah, I like to go back to the beginning, Bob. Well, I actually grew up all over the South. I mean, I didn't get to Atlanta until I was in sixth grade, and then I graduated high school there. Um, but I'm from like the South, so I'm from Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. I just moved around throughout all those spaces uh, my entire childhood. And I mean, what was it like? I mean, I don't know that I could summarize the first 18 years of my life in any. Uh, respectable fashion or that actually does its service. Um, I, yeah, I don't know how to summarize the first 18 years. Well, like, life. okay. So like I was bullied in high school. I hated high school. My parents were divorced. I mean, I'm fine. Like life is great, but you know, I loved my life as an adult more than a child. So that's just me. Well, I mean, like, I am a queer, so I was certainly bullied in high school. Um, and, and I don't think my story is unique in that regard. Um, and I was a creative, but I was also very clever. So I would find ways to have people like respect me through essentially through like um, outsmarting or people would try to make jokes about people. I was, I was like, my jokes are going to be smarter, funnier, way more well well constructed than your joke so like you don't want to go with me on that regard because I'm probably funnier than you and I was bigger than a lot of other kids so I didn't get like a lot of like hits or that kind of bullying it was more like the social groups um kind of stuff but not like no one tried to like beat me up because I was I mean I'm 6'2 
And in high school, I was like 165, which is pretty skinny for where I am now. I was maybe like one, by the time I graduated high school, like maybe like 175. So I was a big kid. You're lucky you had that going for you. Yeah, how tall are you? I'm like five, I say five nine, but in reality, probably like five eight. Got it, got it, got it. Listen, I'm a nice Jewish boy. The Jews don't always have height on, on their side. No, my boyfriend is Jewish and he does not have height on his side. I mean, which is fine, but in high school, like when you're being bullied and you're not six one, lots of things yeah. happen. So, so you had that going for you, you know. Were you always funny? Like you said, like you had jokes, like you just always kind of had the funny edge. And like, were you aware that you were funny? I mean, people always, yeah, I was aware. I mean, I was really aware of being funny, particularly in high school. And people kept telling me I was funny. I was like, oh, I guess I'm funny. Okay, thanks. Um, And I guess, you know, humor, a lot of people say humor comes from pain. And most comedians I know would agree (laughs) that like, I'm funny because I'm hurting. Yes. I, I I would agree with that. And your mother, I read your mother had a gay uh, drag bar. Yeah, my mom's on a drag bar called Sensations in Columbus, Georgia. Um, and I, mean, I didn't go to the shows. Obviously, I was a child. I wasn't allowed in the bar. But I would go during the day. And um, it was, it was, I had a really weird uh, relationship with drag growing up because I was afraid. My mom had this, this, a friend that worked at the gay bar with her. And he told me that drag queens were like dangerous. And he was like, don't ever trust a drag queen. Don't ever trust, trust a drag queen. Really? That's yeah, so he, well, funny. he got shot by a drag queen. He got shot by a drag queen once. Interesting. So like you were young and you were just told, don't, don't ever trust the drag queens. I think he came home from getting shot by a drag queen. and was like, drag queens are dangerous. And I was like, valid. You have a bullet wound. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. So I it's not- see that. So it's not as glamorous because like I'm just like envious. I'm like, I, I wish I had a mother that owned a drag gay bar. No, I loved it. I loved it. The getting shot didn't scare me. I and mean, I still love drag because I, I saw it too on food, which is one of my favorite movies growing up. So I loved drag. I didn't stop liking drag because or it wasn't that afraid of drag. I wasn't scared enough to stop, you know, being intrigued by it. And then how so how did you get into drag? Like when did you start? Oh, it was just from watching Drag Race. Like, I would literally just watch Drag Race on TV. And um, I was 22 years old in New York City. I just got into New York City. And I just thought it was just so interesting. Like, I remember looking at it and thinking to myself, I could do that. Wow. So it wasn't like your mother's bar growing up, or it was really Drag Race? No, it was wow. Drag Race, yeah. I mean, also bear in mind, when, when I was growing up, I mean, I hadn't seen a lot of representations of drag queens besides RuPaul and Dame Edna and Tyler Perry, um, making it really big in drag. So those really were kind of like your role models I as do, far as I drag? T- no, no, Tyler Perry is not my drag role model. And I would like to have that stricken from the record. If there is any record. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, because I don't think I've ever really... So, like... It really was drag race. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I find that sure. interesting. Wow. Well, I mean, I think people, for, there's this idea that I've been doing drag longer than I have been doing it. So yeah. I think people think that I've been in drag for like 20 years. And I'm like, I'm, I'm only 34. I didn't start drag at 14. I started drag when I was 22 years old when I first got to New York City after seeing it on TV, seeing her post drag race. I've been in drag for 11 years now, oh, 12 years now. Um, and 
I think that what made my, um, you know, my experience uh, with going further in drag was probably local, was not probably, was definitely local queens. It was queens like Peppermint and Bianca who were local at the time. They were not international drag sensations. And Sherry Vine, I would watch them a lot. I'll admit it, as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I can't tell you how much water I drink all day, every day to stay hydrated, but also to stay healthy. If you're anything like me, you're probably totally freaked out about drinking water from the tap. And with good reason, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, virtually every home in America has harmful contaminants in its tap water. Ugh. That's why I discovered AquaTrue. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. What does that mean? That means it removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any Aqua true purifier just go to aquatrue.com that's a-q-u-a-t-r-u.com and enter code velvet at checkout that's 20 percent off any aquatrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code velvet v-e-l-v-e-t those are good ones we love our new york girls and then how did it start like you just did it one night and went out like did you start entering like local competitions yeah, I went to um, Barracuda every Thursday night to compete uh, in Peppermint's show, uh, Star Search, which is the longest running drag show in New York City, by the way. Um, and I went there every Thursday, every Thursday, like clockwork, to compete and try to win some money. I never won, by the way. You didn't? That's not true. I won one time. I won one time. Once. Wow. So you weren't winning, but you kept going back. And then how did your, like... Where did it go from there? Like, did you start then winning other no. competitions or? I never won any competitions. <laughs> well, we're going to get I've into one won... competition that you won. I didn't, I did a lot of local drag and I lost every single, I'm, I'm I won one time and it was because I did something really ridiculous. Like I did this really absurd stunt to win this pageant or this competition. Um, and, and outside of that, it was just, it was just from getting a reputation for being funny around town. It wasn't really for my uh, show-stopping numbers or anything. Right. Because when you have a competition, there are queens who are like doing flips and kicks and splits. Those are the queens that are going to really get the crowd going. And the queen, you know, who grabs the mic and tells jokes, 
will get the crowd going, but not for competition, in my experience. Right. It's the trick. Or at least I wasn't able to do that. And I'm sure there's something out there who can get the crowd really cooking through a competition like that. And was comedy always going to, how did your comedy come about? Like you just decided to work that into your routine. It just kind of happened. Well, my first time ever performing in drag was actually at a stand-up comedy club. And um, I just remember thinking to myself, like, this sounds like so much fun. Like, I wanted to get your food. I was like, I want to do stand-up and drag. Um, And I was like, well, I don't want to wait to do them one at a time. So I just went ahead and got into it. These fries are not Cajun. at all. Where did you? These, I, went, I ordered five guys. I was going to say. Just... But, <laughs> yeah, but that looks so good. And uh, make sure to put that in the interview. Wait, how did you get the Cajun fries? Oh, this is so annoying. That's anyway. it. That's the interview. All right. Let's that get back is. to it. Sorry. We're back to it. That, I was going to say, those fries look so good. Um, so you didn't win any competitions. Where did your... Is this true that an early drag name that you came up with was Kitten with a Whip? That was, one that was of my first drag name. Yeah, Kitten with a Whip was my first <laughs> drag name. And I, I mean, that's I not bad. By that. No, it's not bad. I stopped going by it because no, everyone kept calling me Kate or Kitty. Um, and when, when I stepped back and really thought about my drag and my... And my humor and my brand and what I really into, I realized that Bob the Drag Queen is just a much better name. All my friends told me not to make it because it was bad and they weren't wrong. It's a bad name. Um, but it, it was so bad that it became good. Yeah. That makes so that makes so much sense. And it stands out. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean people are obsessed with it. People are like, when I first got the name, now it's kind of become and now it's becoming a popular drag name. Like, now everyone's like, oh, Bob the Drag Queen. Of course. Back in the day, it was like, who the hell? <laughs> like, what idiot named themselves Bob the Drag Queen? Did you get a lot of that in the beginning? Like, why in the world do you ever choose this as a name? It was more like, I mean, my friends were all saying, it's bad, don't do it. And then everyone else was like, honestly, it's really funny. Now, most people really got the humor behind such an absurd drag name. Yeah. And it, like I said, like, it, like, sticks out. How, so how'd you come up with that? Like, how'd you go from Kitten with a Whip to Bob the Drag Queen? The real story actually isn't interesting. I used to tell a fake story as a joke, but the real story is just one night I was doing a show and I said, my name's Kitten with a Whip. And then this guy who was doing karaoke was like, thanks, Kate. And I was like, oh, yeah, because Kate is a drag name. Everyone, give it up for me. I'm Kate. I'm Kate the Drag Queen. And then... Throughout the night, I kept saying my name and making it more and more simple. Like, All right, give it up for me, your host, Kim. Kim, the drag queen, I guess. And then on the, at the final one, I was like, thank you all so much. Good night again. I'm your host, Bob. Bob, the drag queen. And I was like, it's actually really funny. Like, I, I actually think I want to give it a shot. I love it. And then how did it come about? So you're doing drag. You're not winning competitions. Your comedy is part of it. You're Bob the Drag Queen. So how do you go from that and living the New York City life to applying for season eight? Well, drag race. Let me be clear. I wasn't winning, but I wasn't doing terribly. Like I would come in like second. I was getting a lot of applause. I just, I just had never won because there were some really amazing performers in New York City. And I had applied for drag race four times. That was my fourth time applying. Wow. Um, and I remember I, I, been, I reached out to by World of Wonder about applying twice. And the second time they reached out, I got cast. 
And why, like, do you think you didn't get discouraged the other four times or the other three times? No, I mean, it's just a little bit. It's like a couple of weeks, like two weeks of, of working for this video. But I still, I wasn't doing drag just to be on Drag Race. You know what I mean? So, like, if I wasn't on Drag Race, I was like, okay, well, it's like if you're a singer and you don't get cast on American Idol, do you quit singing? And if you do, did you ever really like singing or did you just want to be on American Idol? Yes. Yeah. Do you think everyone agrees with you though, or do you think there's a lot of queens in today's day and age that like their goal is just to be on Drag Race and they feel if there's they probably don't lots make of queens it? Who's, there's probably a lot of queens who just want to be on Drag Race, but also my question is like, then what's your end goal? Like, if your end game was Drag Race, then what do you do when you get off Drag Race? Just like, what, what's the plan? And I'm not here to. If that's your goal, go off. I guess I just have different goals than that person. Right. Because when you're done, you need to make a living if you want at drag. Like what, what, what does come next if your goal is, do you think it's like a misconception that like you can't be a successful queen in today's day and age unless you go on drag race? I think it's a misconception that you will be a successful queen because you went on drag race. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just, that's just not, necessarily true. I mean, there's tons of Queen Lady Bunny, Peaches Christ, Coco Peru. Um, there's lots of drag queens who, Jackie Beat, um, who, who, you know, uh, Meatball, the Boulet Brothers, lots of queens who don't go on Drag Race and are still very successful queens. I was a successful queen before going on Drag Race. I mean, I was right. paying all my bills. I lived alone in New York City. Right. No, I mean, I agree with you. Like, but also the question is like, what are you metering success? Is it, or is it, is it just based on like, is it just being well-known? I guess each person, I hate to sound like a hippie, but obviously everyone gets to define success on their own terms. So whether or not you're successful is really up to you. I would agree with that. No, I mean, I just think sometimes there is a person. Anyone listening to it, I've just been viciously eating French fries for the last like five minutes. Listen, you haven't eaten all day. I've been sitting here shoving Thai food into my mouth all day. Because I'm so hurt that I did not get Cajun fries. Like I clicked, I clicked large Cajun fries. Listen, I, I did I, like large fries. Yes. See, but I agree. There is something better about Cajun fries. Like, so I totally they're, get they're it. They're way better. I mean, maybe I should season my fries. I should like put my fries in a thing and season them. But do you I'm eat? Sorry. Do you eat? No, no, no. Listen, I, I, I could talk about food from now until like next week. Like, there's nothing. Well, at least for me, because of COVID and the way it all works. I mean, not that I live in the middle of nowhere. I live in New York. But when I order now, I order for like 12 meals at once. Like, as if I live with no delivery service and it's my last <laughs> order. I literally order like a lot of food. And I mean, I eat out every meal and I don't like cooking. Same here. I don't cook. So. Yeah. I don't cook. But listen, Cajun fries. I don't cook. I don't fries. clean. You know, but let me tell you how I got this ring. You know what I mean? I get it. <laughs> I don't exactly You know cook. WAP? Do you know that WAP is not getting... WAP wasn't considered for any Grammys. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's... Do you mean the music video? It, I think it's crazy that WAP's not even being considered. I mean, granted, it is a very graphic sexual song. But for a song to have the cultural impact that WAP had, that is massive. That's massive. The, the video is also 
amazing. Yeah. I just said I just had Suki Hana on my show. I don't know if you know her. She's on she's in the video. She's from Love and Hip Hop, Miami. Work. She's part of the video. It's 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 a great video. It's a great song. It's I didn't realize it was it's, not nominated for any Grammys. Yeah. Well, that's not okay. Cardi in general is just I think a godsend. Also, Megan's new album, Good News, is great. Her first song is called Shots Fired. And it's about how Tory Lane shot her. It's insane. It's so good. Really? One of the best lyrics is, um, imagine me giving a fuck it was your fucking birthday. You just mad. I just thought it was another Thursday. And that's just so... Because <laughs> the idea that he's like mad and he shot her on his birthday and she's like, bitch, I didn't even know it was your birthday. I didn't even fucking know right. it was your birthday. Yeah, it's great. What type of, like, what other musical artists are you into? And, like, growing up, like, who are your influences for music? Well, I really love girl rappers. I love a lot mm-hmm. of queer music. I listen to almost all the drag queen music. Um, growing up, I would listen to, like, my mom listened to, like, a lot of Ruth Franklin, Patti LaBelle, but also the younger stuff, like Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, younger at the time. Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, um, Biggie Smalls, Tupac, um... I was really big into Puff Daddy for a while. Really? Like, I was obsessed with Puff Daddy or P. Diddy. What about for female rappers? Do you like Foxy Brown? I, I'm, I... Yeah, she's, I mean, she's great. I, my, my favorite rappers are, I like Cupcake. I like Cardi. I like Nicki. I like Megan. I, um, I love MC Light. Um, mm, I mean, there's a few more. Those, those are the main ones that I'm... Those really are good ones. Yeah. I love Cardi. And I love Foxy. I mean, Nikki's the queen. Nikki's your absolute favorite. I think she's the queen. She's just so good. She's amazing. Do people ever... You know, because a lot of people watch Drag Race, and I mean, there's like a lot of guest judges. Like, A, do you ever get starstruck? And are you ever... Has anyone ever come up to you and been like, hey, Bob, and you're like, you know me, you know, like of like a Cardi or like a Nikki level. Oh, yeah, Kate McKinnon. I was in a movie with Kate McKinnon and she was freaking out to meet me, which is so crazy because I was like, Kate, you can't freak out because I'm freaking out. Only one of us can freak out right now. And she was like, This is, I'm just, I was like, Kate McKinnon, you're Kate McKinnon. Stop acting like you're not Kate McKinnon. <laughs> right. So, wait, so you were in the movie with her? Yeah, we did a movie called Rough. I mean, when I say we did a movie, I was in a scene and Kate McKinnon did a movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And she literally was like, Bob, the drag queen is here today and I'm freaking out. It was a whole thing. She was like doing the, the, the uh, Wayne's World We're Not Worthy thing. And I was like standing on stage in full drag and she was like, I cannot finish it. Because she's going to come to my trailer to the makeup station. And it was like, um, uh, hi, can I? And I was like, you're Kate McKinnon. You can do whatever you want. You're like, it's your movie. You could just walk yeah. in here. Wow. Right. And she was really nice. She's so lovely. I mean, I love Kate McKinnon. You guys know I've been so honest with you about my weight loss over the past few months. Look, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. There's so many diet plans that say, do this, don't do that. And none of them have ever worked for me. That is until noon. Noom realizes that with weight, one size does not fit all. They take into account each person's individual needs. Noom builds personal plans that takes your specific dietary restrictions, medical issues, 
and other personal needs into account, and then they build a plan that works for you. Noom uses a psychology-based approach. They focus on the why. They believe that losing weight starts with your brain. So they focus on why haven't you been able to lose weight. They really change the way you think about food. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. And were you shocked? Like, oh my God, she knows who I am. Yeah, genuinely. I could I mean, Alana Glazier knew who I was. And I gave Alana Glazier, Kate McKinnon. I gave a t-shirt to Alana Glazier, Kate McKinnon, Zoe Kravitz, and Scarlett Johansson. I gave them all a Bob the Drag Queen shirt. Um, I've only seen one of them wear the shirt. <laughs> oh. Uh, at uh, Alana Glazier wore it on a Broad City commercial. Oh, right, wow. She had a commercial for Broad City, and she was wearing my shirt in the commercial, which was great. Nope. Do you ever order Five Guys? I've never, well, I mean, I've eaten Five Guys. I never order, you know, when I order, I order like pizza, Chinese, Thai, Mexican. I never order burgers and like fries and stuff. Well, so what happens is when you order Five Guys, what they do is, even when you're there, they, they put fries in the cup and they just throw fries. <laughs> but also just, they're like, if you go into the store, there's like potatoes. There's like a mountain of potatoes when you walk in the front door. It's like I feel like get rid of these potatoes. I feel like I haven't been to Five Guys, but that's good. You get like a full cup of fries, right? Yeah, but they're the wrong fries. Yeah, well, that's not good. <laughs> this could have been a full cup of Cajun fries. See, I like mustard on my fries or, and like or barbecue sauce. I don't like ketchup. I, I know it's weird. You're making it. If, it's weird. I know. Or like a hot mustard? sauce. I, oh my god, must like a, a Dijon mustard on like a Cajun fry is. You should try it. It's delicious. For real. Mustard is legitimately my least favorite. Really? Condiment. It's disgusting. That's like, that's how I feel about mayo. I absolutely hate mayo. It's... Can you hear my chewing? It's like an ASMR video. Do I need to dial it back on the chewing? No. See, here's the thing. Like, you haven't eaten all day, like, and you're, you're acknowledging that you're hungry. There are people that I've spoken to that have not, and then they, like, secretly are eating, like, a five-course meal and then, like, certain people in the audience are, like, when they listen, they're, like, that person, because they're literally trying to just hide it. You're just, this is, we're having a, we're having a meal together, Bob. It's fine. But how, loud, how loudly can you hear my chewing? Not, not bad, honestly. Okay. Not bad. Because so, I did, I'm not going to say who, but I did an interview with a friend of mine recently, and we had this early morning interview. And she kept trying to eat during the interview, but she didn't want the interviewer to see her eating, so she would cover she would like put her mouth to the bottom of the Zoom screen and then cover her mouth and then slide no. food in. <laughs> that and does then not she work. would chew and then she'd chew like this. And then I kept being like, girl, we're all on camera. <laughs> like, right. Like that. That's what I mean. Like I feel like it's kind of just like it's kind of like when you're caught in a lie and then like you just double down. Listen, this has happened to me. And you just like double down and it's just sometimes I think she it's had, better. I think she had the zoom on speaker view. And I was like, girl, we're in gallery view. Like, we can see you eating that. <laughs> or she would, like, lean out of frame. And then right. she would reappear. She'd just be, like, chewing like this. No. It's just, like, just just acknowledge it. I feel like just, like, 
deal with the elephant in the room. I, I, it's fine. It's, I think it's weird when someone tries to hide it and you're like, you're obviously eating a 12 course meal. I'm just so hungry. <laughs> well, you haven't eaten all day. So I, I get it. I, so, I, you sound like such a mom, but you haven't eaten all day. It's cause like I'm in jail. Are you the type that like, cause I don't know about you, but I've like tripled down on food in quarantine. Like some people, I think that have had nothing else to do. Like I, I know a lot of people that have gotten like really in shape, like the best shape they've ever been in. I do not understand that at all. But I look at pictures and I'm like, when did this happen? I, 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 I eat 24 at hours. The of, at the beginning of quarantine, I had lost, I was the skinniest I have been in my thirties. It was remarkable. And then I got depressed and I started eating and I just have, I have not stopped. Clearly I have not stopped since then. I, I haven't, I haven't stopped either. Um, which is okay. I, tried, I, I have to wear an outfit from season one of we're here and I'm like, good luck. <laughs> really? Okay. We're going to, and I, I, I want to talk about we're here cause I love it. Um, so you applied for drag race for three or four, four times. You finally got four times. four times. You finally got it. You never got discouraged. When you got to Drag Race, were you... I got discouraged thinking maybe I wasn't going to get on Drag Race, but not discouraged with my career. I wasn't like, I'm done. I'm going to hang up. You know, I'm, I'm like a nun. I'm a, I'm a sister of the cloth. I made a commitment to the drag gods. To the art. Was anything different, like, the fifth time when you applied? Was it like you were finally ready? Did you mature in your career? Or were you just like, I don't know, bitches, you should have taken me four I mean, times ago? I certainly matured in my career. My my third video was better than my fourth video, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, but I had definitely matured. I had learned, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who has not learned more than more they keep doing something. When you got to Drag Race, were you like cocky you know what i mean and that's i don't mean that in a bad way were you like i got this or did you were you like oh shit like could you tell you were gonna do well well i think it depends on who you ask i think i was confident some someone would say that i was cocky i was thinking to myself i think i was doing a good job and i think that i deserve to win so each week when you know, you... a lot of people don't relate a lot of people don't relate to that so some people are kind of like that's annoying to see someone who believes in themselves but on the other hand, I'm like, so what? I believe in myself. Do you, you want me to not? Yeah. And I mean, it's partly just being self-aware about the other people that are there of where you might stack up in the competition, which yeah, I don't I think is I did a bad pretty good. Thing. I, thought, I thought I was doing a good job, to, to be quite frank. I'd be lying if I was like, I didn't know. I was like, I'm doing great. This is great. Do you think like New York and LA girls have a leg up in Drag Race? Just because the competition from both cities are, I mean, at least New York is. I mean, I, I can't really speak for LA girls. I've only been here for a month and a half, two months. But uh, I really feel like, in my opinion, New York girls are, there's something about New York City girls that we excel. So there's like a dumpster on by, specifically at Drag Race. I mean, me, Bianca, Aquaria, Monet, um, that's four New York winners. Pepperman went really far. Yeah, she went. Yeah, oh, and, and in terms of who went far, I mean, there's even more. I mean, Peppermint went far. Um, Sasha Velour won Drag Race. Miss Cracker went far both times. Um, I mean, New York girls are like great at Drag Race. For it, it, the city is a great 
preparation for what it means to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. I think so. But how do you think so? Yeah, I mean, because of the how fast-paced it is, how comedy-based it is, how self-sufficient you have to be. Um, all those things are great for RuPaul's Drag Race. And I mean, like, not to be stereotypical, but it is true. Like, if you can make it here, like the drag scene here is, you know, it's a good training. New York drag. City is the best. New York City is the best drag in the world. I don't, I don't apologize for saying that. It's also just my opinion. I'm, 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 I'm technically right and wrong, but I still think that New York City has the best drag in the world. I am not going to argue with that. So when you, how is Drag Race easier than one would think? Is it exactly how, like, are the competitions much harder than you thought? Or you kind of knew what to expect? I think drag, doing Drag Race is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I don't think it's easy at all. It is a lot. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It seems like a lot of work. It is back to back to back to back working. It's like, you're mentally stressed out. It is, I would not characterize Drag Race as easy. I wouldn't think it would be. What about RuPaul? Like, were you, what was your experience with RuPaul during Drag Race? Did you I mean, interact? Very, very minimal. We didn't hang out, we didn't hang out off set. We didn't talk off camera. We had like maybe, I mean, me and RuPaul had maybe, during Drag Race, maybe three conversations off camera. And when I say conversations, I mean like quick exchanges while they rotate the cameras. So did that shock you, or that's kind of what you expected? Um, I don't know that I went in with it with expectations. I mean, I was trying to win the competition, not become buddies with RuPaul. Um, so I wasn't like, my word, RuPaul didn't hug me or, or whatever. I just remember I was really, really focused on winning the competition. I'm very competitive. That's because you're in New York. That's why. Yeah, I'm... A, I mean, I even I'm just I'm just a competitive. I, I'm very, very almost overly competitive. Even really, even with just like daily life stuff. Oh yeah, video. Oh, don't play video games with me. I'm a monster. You're tough on the video games. Yeah, I'm a monster. I love shit talking. I like my best friend told me that I wouldn't beat her at this video game, and then I went and I learned how to play the video game just so I could beat her. I mean, from scratch. I had never played this game ever. And she was like, you'll never beat me. And I was like... You're like, really? So I, spent, I spent over a year learning how to play this video game. Okay, that's competitive. And I beat her. Not consistently, but I beat her enough times to say, I can actually beat you now. I love it. I get it. I mean, I think I'm competitive, but I think I've mellowed in a lot of ways. So why did you do Drag Race? Like you said, there are different reasons. Like, why did you do it? It's my favorite TV show. You know, and it's, and it's clearly a thing that can supercharge your career in a really quick amount of time. It's a lot of work. Um, and also, it just, it looks fun. It was so much fun. It looks fun. And it is fun. For it me, looks right? so much. No, it looks really fun. Who I'm is sure someone went there and didn't have fun. I mean, it looks fun. It looks expensive, like to get all those outfits. And I mean, like, is drag just must be an expensive hobby or yeah, career, I should say. I mean, I made most of my own outfits. Drag was, was also different back then. Back then, people were making outfits, and now they're like hiring like Mark Anthony, to, not Mark Anthony, Mark Mark Jacobs and Calvin Klein and and fucking you know 
designer yeah. clothes. I've made most of my stuff in my apartment. Some people show up with outfits and you're like, oh my God, like where did that come from? Yeah, I, that- I, was just ma- I was just making costumes in my apartment. I think I commissioned one outfit. Are you, who was your favorite judge out of the like regular judges like Carson, Michelle, Ross? Oh, that's a good question. I really, I mean, there's two judges during my season. That are, oh, yeah, the regular judges. Yeah. Oh, I mean, because the, then I have questions about some of the guest judges. I mean, I, I just enjoy RuPaul and I, I like RuPaul. I think RuPaul is probably the best adjudicator of drag on that panel. Okay, fair enough. What about Howard? I have questions about some specific guest judges, but who is your favorite guest judge and who is your least favorite? Oh, probably um, Amy Sedaris was really hilarious. Um, yeah, having Amy Sedaris there was so funny. She just is, she's insanely hilarious in person. Um, I just, I just remember loving her and like she was really being a cut up and there are people like trying to get real critiques but she just kept being a cut up the whole time. I really loved that. You're like, I can relate to that. Well, also when you're social, when you're there and you're just really stressed out and Michelle is giving really harsh critiques and RuPaul's staring at you stone cold and everything is stressing you out and then Amos Adara says something really funny. It is a, it feels nice. Do you think was Michelle kind of the harshest judge? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And Amy was really funny. She's a funny, she's a funny girl. Who was your least favorite? Or were there any judges that like weren't nice, that were rude? That no, just no didn't. Was rude. Who do we have? Mark Jacobs. Debbie Harry. Um, Nicole uh, Richie. Faith Evans. We had Nicole Richie on my season. I'm pretty sure. Probably. I think she in was the, the beginning. first judge. Yeah. She was the first judge. Nicole Richie. How was, was nice. How was Nicole? Any She she didn't stand out as particularly um I don't I don't remember thinking how funny or how cruel. I remember thinking, oh, there's Nicole Richie. <laughs> well, you also couldn't even remember she was there. So Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> What about the icon that but is I remember, But I do remember her wearing her, I remember Nicole Richie wearing cat ears and being like, you're wearing cat ears like me to Kim Chi. So that's why I remember Nicole Richie was, Nicole Richie was there. That's funny. What about the icon that is Debbie Harry? You know, I gotta be honest with you. I, I, I don't know a lot about Debbie Harry's career. So when everyone's freaking out, I mean, I know the music, but I... I wasn't blown away. And this, this, this is no discredit to David Harry. It's just, I did not, I grew up in a black household that did not listen to that kind of music. My mom wasn't listening to it's Call Me on the line. You know, my mom was listening to Aretha Franklin. So I was like, oh, that's that lady who sings that song. I love that song. That's a great song. But I don't remember being like, I can't even believe. And when she came back, everyone was freaking out. And I remember thinking to myself, this, this lady must be really, important because everyone's really going I felt the same when when Gigi Hadid and Chanel Amon came I didn't even know who they were because I don't follow fashion models and Naomi was like crying and I was like who the fuck is Gigi Hadid I remember thinking to myself who is Gigi Hadid like who is that and Naomi was like like freaking out and I remember like well she must be really important but it says more about me that I don't know who they are than it does about them obviously and Naomi was just like literally ready to pass out over Gigi Hadid yeah, she was like sweating and crying, like because she loves she she loves models. 
But when I saw Amos Sedaris and Faith Evans, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> you know? and, and when Debbie Harry came back, a lot of the queens were like just freaking out, like, oh my God. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were going bananas, yeah. What about how was Vivica Fox? I love Vivica Fox. She was really, I mean, she, I, I remember being excited when I heard her name because I was like, oh my God, Vivica Fox. I also love Tasha Smith. Tasha Smith was great. She was so pretty, so funny. I loved her. And Vivica's kind of a talent like it is, girl. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember Vivica being particularly mean. I don't think I was on the runway for Vivica Fox's episode. I don't think I was. I don't think I was uh, up for adjudication on that episode. Um, I was up for adjudication on the episode with Todrick Hall, um, and, I, and I think Todrick was also a great judge too. I love Todrick. It was Todrick and Mark Jacobs together, and we love Mark Jacobs. So after, well, actually, I don't. I mean, so I had a funny interaction. I met I met Mark Jacobs at a party later, or like a, a, a premiere. And um, I didn't, I, I remember meeting him and he was like, um, hey, how are you? I said, hi, what's your name? He goes, my name's Mark. And I said, I'm, I'm Bob, nice to meet you. But I didn't recognize him because, I don't know, and I was like, do I know you? You look familiar. He goes, I don't think so. And I was like, all right, well, nice to meet you, Mark. And then Milk came by and she was like, oh, I love Mark Jacobs. And I was like, that was Mark. Oh, I guess that was Mark Jacobs. But I have moments like that all the time. I was, I was on the set of the city and I was talking to this lady and she was like, I was like, what's your name? She said, my name is Molly. I was like, hi, Molly. Nice to meet you. Um, I'm Bob. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I guess we're both, hey, what role are you playing? And she told me her role. I told her my role. And then a PA came by. I was like, Miss Ringwald, we'll have you on set now. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I was talking to Molly Ringwald that whole time. But then, I mean, wow, like that's somewhat down to earth. Because like Mark or Molly could have been like, I'm fucking Mark Jacobs or I'm Molly Ringwald. So it's kind of... Also, I think everyone acts like you're like celebrities or doing something extra special when they don't go. I'm fucking, most people wouldn't go. I'm fucking, you know, I do think that if Oprah Winfrey walked into a room and then, <laughs> and someone acted like they didn't know Oprah, or if like Barack Obama was in the room and someone said, what's your name? That person is probably doing a thing. Uh, I don't think it's far-fetched for Molly Ringwald to imagine that I may have not recognized her right away. But I mean, it's not, if, if, if someone looked at Beyonce and said, I'm sorry, is it B, B, Beyonce? <laughs> is that how you pronounce it? Right. Right. But you know, you never know, like some of these, the non-Beyonce, some of them might be like, you know, you hear stories, you hear stories of people well, I guess being it also like. it depends on where you are and who you're talking to. I think that if RuPaul went to a drag show, it'd be safe for her to assume that people knew who she was. Yes. But if RuPaul was at a gas station and someone just sees a tall, bald black guy and someone goes, what's your name? She'd probably go, oh, I'm RuPaul. Right. Now, fair enough. But right, the Oprah's, Barack's, Beyonce's, come on now. Yeah. So after you won Drag Race, you won the money, like did that change life did you like was it I mean, overnight the, the, the short the short answer is yes drag race did change my life um and it was more than just a hundred thousand dollars it was um because it's considerably less than that once you pay taxes um trail and you will pay those taxes um yes i um yeah i mean i started traveling i had an international audience i 
I, mean, I changed the way I did all my business. I started getting recognized. Maybe not as much as Molly Ringwald. <laughs> I love me some Molly Ringwalds. She, she was really nice to me. I love her. There's nothing wrong. Listen, Breakfast Club, I think, is one of the best movies like that's ever been made. Yeah. It's really good. She was, she, was, she was a very nice lady when I met her. So, right. So, I mean, you got a lot of gigs, you know, that... I mean, you were working before, but it opened up a lot of that. Yeah, I was doing the cab racing before, but then I started doing the international club scene, and then the international theater scene, and then I started working in TV more. What about, talk to me about, because I mean, you kind of do it all. Talk to me about your music. Purse first, Decaho. Talk to me about some of these <laughs> classic songs. <laughs> consider myself a musician i mean i like making music but i'm no one's gonna be like the musician bob the drag queen i mean i do write these songs but it's mostly like oh i had a fun idea for a song let's do it but i don't they, know if i'll ever do a full album or anything like you know there's a lot of other drag race girls that have done albums so that's what i was going to ask you like do you envision doing a full album well, a lot of those day. girls like jinx monsoon is a singer so yeah she does an album when they went to school for music so yeah she has an album I went to school for musical theater and I chose to be a stand-up comedian, so I probably will not ever be doing that album, realistically speaking. Well, the songs you do have done work. Well, thanks. Well, speaking of Monet, let's talk about sibling rivalry. How did that come Another about? Great podcast you all should listen to. Well, I was going to say, sibling rivalry is a great podcast you all should listen to. Like, how did that come about from one podcast host to the next? Like, do you love do you love doing a podcast? So I started doing Sibling Rivalry because Monet and I were um, up across the country. I was doing a play in Berkeley. And I was so used to seeing Monet frequently. And I was like, and me and Monet always have these really funny conversations on the phone, like always. And I remember thinking to myself, this is like, people should hear these conversations, us arguing about the most mundane things. We should do a podcast. We'll produce it ourselves. It'll be great. And then I, I was the first, like, the first season of the podcast, I was editing all the podcasts myself, um, which is why the release schedule was crazy because I was doing eight shows a week and also scheduling my own, you know, doing my own. It's podcast. a lot to do a podcast. People don't, people think you turn on the mic and just chit chat. Yeah, no. So I ended up like, but once we started like hiring people to help us run the podcast, started running more smooth. But the, the base of it is like Monet and I's relationship. And how we bicker about almost things. Like, we, it's really weird how much people can get along and agree on practically nothing. Right. Hence sibling rivalry. Do you, do you love doing a podcast? Do you love, like, that form? Yeah, I love the podcast. I love the community that we build around the podcast, the listeners. You know about it. When you get a dedicated listenership and people will tune in, and it's, just, it's really, it feels nice. It does. I mean, especially it's covid free so to speak like it's not going to be affected by just curl up with a blanket and let's go and considering that Monet and I started doing the podcast across the country from each other it's really like so we're we're back at it again Monet's in London right now wow on the West End wow I've seen you guys live when you were somewhere in Brooklyn I forgot where but I saw you guys oh we're at uh at uh like what was that place you in Brooklyn Bell House the Bell House in Brooklyn yes it's a good venue. Um, 
Speaking of Monet, did you, because I mean, I know there was so much said about this. I mean, did you, how do you feel about her co-win with Trinity? I mean, I thought that Monet did a really good job and we were super proud of her. Um, I, she's amazing. Monet's my favorite Drag Race girl. She's your favorite. Yeah, she's amazing. You like, you like her better than your drag daughter? Monet's my favorite Drag Race queen. Monet is my favorite drag race queen. I'm not going to miss any words. Monet is my favorite drag race queen. Am I, am I starting shade here today? I mean, Miss Cracker is, is, is a brilliant drag queen, and I love her a lot. I love a lot of the – there are a lot of great queens. It's just that Monet is just she, – she has won my heart. I love Monet. So, I mean, listen, you've been very busy. Another thing that you were – another project that I love of yours is Drag My Dad on MTV. Oh. Is that – was that as fun as it seems? It was fun. It was, uh, it, was, it was pretty easy to shoot, too. It was like one-day shoots with these families. Um, we were going to get a season two, but then COVID canceled that. Um, I, I had a season two. We, we, we would have already shot it by now, actually. But um, we, ended up, we ended up not getting it because of all this madness going on in the world. Well, it's a great show. It's a great idea. I mean, it's kind of fun. Talk to me about We're Here, which is another great show. Yeah, so We're Here is a much bigger operation than Drag My Dad. Um, there's a lot going on with uh, We're Here. And um, that's a show that I, that I got reached out to by the creators of the show, Steve and Johnny. And um, they were just so, I don't know, I, I was really sold because the show was about um, like uplifting marginalized voices. And I was like, well, then I'm in. And you go into these, I mean, small towns, like, mm-hmm. which is, I think, part of, I think, what makes the show so great. And yeah. it's, HB, it's HBO. I think it's one of HBO's first, like, unscripted series it is, ever. It is not one of. It is HBO's first ever unscripted uh, series. They've never done, like, a reality-style show before. And we're the first one. And we got Emmy nominated our first season, which is great. We didn't win, but we did get. It's an honor just to be nominated. Yeah. <sighs> And you were Critics' Choice nominated as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you love doing it with Eureka and Shangela? Yeah, I mean, we don't spend a lot of time together because it's not like Queer Eye where we're all working on one person. We're actually all doing individual projects and then we come together in the end. Right. Um, but yeah, I love working together. It was, it was, it's pretty chill. And I think that's actually what makes it work so well, that we're not spending every hour together. Is there one, are you... Are you shocked at like some of the towns, like they're smaller towns, or I guess not really? I mean, I, I, no, because we travel to pretty small towns, even outside of we're here That's on true. Drag Race. I, we don't only do I don't only do shows in Chicago, New York, and Atlanta. You know, um, so I'm I'm not I'm not stranger to going to small towns and doing doing a little drag. And what do you love best about it? Like, I'm sure that people are thrilled to be involved, to be made over. Like, is that is it just like the, the rewarding well some like- people are thrilled some people some people are kind of like whatever i mean some people are kind of like i guess so and some people are like this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me so you know people are not a monolith we have lots of different emotions involved in that show and i mean for me it's just i i enjoy it it's a great show like for everyone who hasn't watched it we're here is amazing so when are you i i i know it has a second and it's available coming. on hbo max if you all want to go check it out it's really cute it's fun I mean, to me, this doesn't, this might sound obnoxious, but I like seeing the smaller towns. Like, it's interesting when you go, I mean, I've traveled all over the world too, but like, it's still interesting when you go into like the Louisianas and 
Just we're in Ruston, Louisiana, Twin Falls, Idaho, Branson, Missouri, you know, Farmington, New Mexico. When, so there's, it has a second season coming. Yeah, we, 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 we've been greenlit for a second season. So that's very exciting. So maybe right after COVID, you guys will start Hopefully. filming. And also, I know you are no stranger to the comedy special, but let's talk about Bob the Drag Queen live at Caroline's. Yeah, that's my second special. Um, which I'm very proud of. Like I'm incredibly proud of the special. It's available on iTunes, um, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't need to be shy about it. It's really funny. <laughs> it's it's a really funny special. It's how how does it differ from your first comedy special? I and like, I what were more, the? I learned more about doing a special for sure. Uh, I had more time to to workshop the jokes because um, I was doing so much drag race touring, and this one I was writing while um, we're here was happening. So I was able to like have more time to work on my, on my jokes. Um, and I don't know, it, 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 it's, it's done in, in an official comedy theater, comedy club, it's at Caroline's, which is like America's number one comedy club. Caroline's um, is I'm major. Really, yeah, it's in Times Square, I'm really proud of it. What were like the inspiration for your jokes? Like what's your process to like write jokes? Cause I, feel like I couldn't write a joke if it my life depended on it. A lot of these jokes were based on my mom and my experiences growing up in the South with a Black Southern mom um, and growing up queer. So, like, I mean, I hate to sound so typical, but, like, my experiences were the basis for this humor. And you love, this is in your total, I mean, yes, and you're proud of it and it's all good. Yeah, for sure. I'm really, I'm very, this is a very good special. Like, it is great. I'm very proud of it. What about, because, you know, you love your comedy. What about, you know, there's a lot of queens that are into, like we talked about some of the stuff they bring to drag queen, like the fashion, like, are you into the fashion part of drag at all? Like what's, and what would you say is Bob the drag queen's style? If you had to sum it up. I mean, yeah, I like fashion. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like uh, obsessed from like flipping through magazines and, Painting them on my wall. That, I'm not like that, but I mean, I like nice clothes. <laughs> I don't want to look like a schlub in drag. Um, and my style is probably closer to like a really cool aunt than anything else, you know? You're not Naomi freaking out over Gigi Hadid, but... Exactly. Like- I, didn't, yeah, I, didn't, didn't even, I, mean, I didn't recognize Marc Jacobs and I didn't know who Gigi Hadid was. Um, so I guess I'm not, I'm, I'm not fashion obsessed, but I, I like to look nice. You're like the classy aunt that shows up and, you know, wants to look good. Exactly. But not the classy aunt with like a Gucci bag. Like that's too far. I'm not like a label person. I just like the things I like. And sometimes they're kind of crummy. Sometimes they're kind of nice. You know? That's fair enough. What about like... I know you were involved in like Black Queer Town Hall with Peppermint. Like how important, because it's not everyone does. Lots of people just have their careers and don't really, like how important is it for you, you know, to speak out or be involved with like LGBTQIA causes and everything going on in the world with Black Lives Matter? I mean, I I know Peppermint is very... Yeah, I do it because I want to. I don't do it because I feel compelled. Like like it's, it's not like... Uh, I'm not doing it like, look at me, I'm doing such great stuff. I'm like, well, this feels natural to me to talk about these causes. I used to be a really intense, like, get arrested type activist. Um, really? 
back when I was um, starting out drag and I've been arrested and doing the whole nine yards, you know? No, I don't know. Where were you arrested? I was arrested at Bryant Park. Um, if you if you let me screen share, I'll show you something if you uh, adjust that. But I was arrested at uh, Bryant Park. Um, I would love to for... screen share, but you, you've given me, despite the fact that I host a podcast, you're giving me way too much credit for like... <laughs> Being technically, being technically savvy. Work. Well, you I have mean, to I'm, just take my word for it. <laughs> listen, I, being arrested at Bryant Park, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's major. I, I if, you click, if you click security and put allow screen share, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, I used to do like a lot of like really intense activism um, back when I first started out drag um, because that was like my best way of getting the word out about what I wanted people to no, you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think is I I I I do know. What do you think is like the biggest misconception about drag queens throughout the world? I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't even know how to answer that question. The biggest misconception about drag queens throughout the world. I wouldn't even know. I mean, Sometimes I, I throw deep questions out there. Other times yeah, I, I... I think I, you think I'm deeper than I am. Uh, you I don't have you to have be to, deep. I guess you have to talk to the people with the misconceptions to know how, how they're misconceiving us. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of confusion centered around gender and what it means to do drag and who's allowed to do drag and does drag mean you want to be a woman and does drag mean you can't be a woman. I think that's probably... Uh, there's probably a lot of misconceptions centered around drag and gender politics. Do you think, you know, because do you think we'll ever see a straight man on RuPaul's Drag Race? I mean, this is just truly something that I, I mean, wonder. I, I hope not. <laughs> it could be. Well, I mean, they also had that, I forgot what it was called, the special where, like, the celebrities. Yeah, it was that? Wrong. yeah. I was on yeah, it. You are. I was on two episodes of it. Who did you have again? Did you have Nico? I know Nico Turner. I had Alex Newell. I remember you were on. I didn't know who you had. And I had uh, Jeremiah. Alex is a good one. Alex is great. great. We love Alex. Yeah. So what, how is, I mean, COVID's here. Like, how is drag affected? I mean, the, the fact that, I mean, other than the obvious, I mean, your tours are off. You're not touring. Are you doing a lot I mean, at we, home? Well, we live on the internet now. This is this is where we are. This is where we live. Um, Here's what I found. Oh, why is my phone talking to me? We live on the internet now, and I'm adjusting to that. I'm, I m- most of my drag lives in the digital space now. You know, I do. Where can everyone find your Caroline's? comedy oh, special you can go to itunes you can go to itunes and you can find me at um you just have been bothered back with live at carolines or if you want to catch my first special it's on amazon prime it's called suspiciously large one which i saw also that was really funny thank you what else is next for you what is next for bob the drag queen and right now the, the very next thing is filming season two of we're here that's like my next 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 thing yeah which is no small undertaking 
what what's the hardest thing you found about you know because like i you you did drag my dad but like you said like this is hbo's first foray into unscripted and it's like a big production what was the like was that easier than it seemed because that doesn't seem easier like in, I, mean, I don't know i don't know how easy it seemed to people but it is i mean each episode is nine days um and we we shot six ep- seven episodes so okay wow. Google. no it, it doesn't seem I, mean, I don't know how, i don't know what that is it's, it's it's a lot of work and it's probably as much work as you think it is here's what i found on the web she keeps talking to me it's probably just as much work as you think it is you know do you love doing tv like that yeah i mean i i mean i genuinely do prefer live um performances there's a energy exchange that's really wonderful but i also tv tends to be more rewarding in the long run because you can just keep going back and watching it over and over again yeah well when the world opens hopefully we'll see you back out on the road i mean i hope so whenever that happens which i don't think is happening anytime soon yeah we'll see right is there anything else you want to discuss anything else i didn't bring up any other current projects and i like to give people a chance at the end to kind of cover whatever they would like to anything else you want to get off your chest here today Besides the <laughs> fact that you didn't have, besides the fact that you're, they didn't deliver Cajun fries and we had regular fries. What yeah, else? I mean, is, that was really stressful. Um, I get it. That, I mean, I don't have anything to get off my chest. I'm not really the ranty type. Sometimes I'm ranty. Right now, I'm feeling pretty um, chill. Actually, I'm super. I'm super chill right now. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Chill is good, right? I don't want people to know that if you, if you really enjoy, you know, Bob and and Monet and that kind of content you go to our Patreon, which I'm very proud of. Is a it, we've really turned around, turned it around over there. I'm super proud of our Patreon, and there's some really great content there. Like, what do you put on your Patreon? So we do like drag race viewing parties. We do um, full videos. Like we do we do a video podcast every week. And if you want to see our, if you want to actually see what we're doing, you have to go to our Patreon. Patreon. Otherwise, otherwise we post the first ten minutes, and then you have to go to the Patreon to see the rest of it. I love it. Yeah. That's what Patreon is for. Yeah. So where can everybody find you? Tell us. I mean, the best place, just if you go to any social media platform or type in Bob the Drag Queen, I will pop up. And of course, BobTheDragQueen.com has like all of my stuff there. I love it. I really appreciate you. And where can we find you on Instagram? Bob the Drag Queen. It's easy. Yeah. I appreciate you chatting. I know you're busy. You've got a lot going on. So I appreciate your time. I'm just going to eat this burger. This is all I could think about. You didn't eat. Uh, you could have eaten it, really. It like, would have been okay. But I also have to get up and get some ranch. It's a whole thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, it's going to be a whole ceremony with this puppy. See, so I, you know, you just ate fries. Like, that's not bad. Like, you know, it's better than your friend who was trying to eat off camera and then coming back on camera. Because then it's just like. <laughs> You're eating. It, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, all right. Well, enjoy your burger. Keep in touch. I really appreciate this. It was a great My chatting pleasure. with you. And My pleasure. Thank you. I will, I'll connect with you online. I think I follow you already. So I'm pretty sure I do. So thank you. So. Yes, I'm like 99% sure I do. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Be safe. All right. Take care. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. 
And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.